everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, the most boring Grand Prix 2022 edition. Bet you best believe that usually when we have boring races, that tends to be the longest podcast. So maybe, fingers crossed, Katie has some kind of 45-minute FIA rant in her, but I'm not sure anything really went on. We are also joined by Team WTF1 live. Oh, yes, we are live. They're actually in our living room right now. And uh, big shout out to you uh, if you've joined uh, us live on Team WTF1. And this podcast is also once again sponsored by Elgato, our season-long partners, and making us almost sound like professionals with this great equipment and making me do race rundown really well in Internet's best reactions as well, if you saw that. Crisp quality. Lovely stuff. And now the final shout out and the one that I enjoy the most, uh, mainly because it's an ego boost for all of us. Uh, and that's <laughs> when uh, you give us a five star review. Uh, and if you do submit a five star review, we choose one at random. Uh, well, not ra- random. Tommy chooses one of the good ones, I'm assuming. Uh, at five stars. And uh, we shout them out in the podcast. This one is from Flying Emu 11 from the from from the New Zealand. <laughs> you can tell it was Why the UK last time and I just replaced the <laughs> UK with New Zealand. Uh, My bad. Tommy knows I'm Ron Burgundy and just reads everything yeah. that I see. Uh this comes in from Flying Emu. Uh the best podcast ever is my first words. Every day I wake up and look on Apple Podcasts to see if the best F1 podcasters have uploaded a new one of their great show. These guys are funny and very knowledgeable. WTF1 has made me an F1 fan. I am today. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you. A flying really EU. Like we, we really are hitting every demographic, aren't we? Uh, so big thank you uh, for those kind words. Not so kind words are coming now for, towards the Mexico City Grand Prix. <clears throat> Let's get some three-word race reviews in from fans. Hannes underscore Bloma. Two-hour nap. A.K.A. Ronas Zeggy. Happy Papa Perez, uh, <laughs> Alec Jacks underscore seventeen, boring but Danny, and Katie's wh- account. and Sash v- v- Van Page Verstappen fourteen wins. Of course, you got that one in there, Tommy, didn't you? Always. Yeah, no, no surprise there. Something about Verstappen all the time. <laughs> no, fair enough. Max was very good. Uh, yes, uh, of course. I don't think we're going to talk much about how boring it was because uh, yes, it was dull. I've seen a few people out there clearly uh, closeted Danny Rick fans uh, that have said, oh, what are you talking about? That was a great race. What world was that a great race? Yes, there was a little bit of action in the middle, but we'll we'll get into that. We're going to start with my three-word race review. And it is Mercedes, our Ferrari, question mark. Now, I'm not trying to bait everyone. I'm not saying Mercedes are anywhere near the uh, level of what Ferrari have done in terms of bottling the 2022 season. Although, to be fair, they don't have the pace. But then you could say not developing their car is also a bottle. Anyway, let's talk about Mercedes. P2 and P3 on the grid. They were looking rather lovely. We're all hyping them up, weren't we, going into the race? Oh, Verstappen's not going to lead. Look at the length of the straight. Oh, they're going to fly past. That didn't happen. And Mercedes still had a great opportunity, in my opinion, to win the race. But they decided to go on mediums as opposed to the softs that Red Bull did. Yes, the benefit of hindsight makes us all experts. But the question that me and Tommy made immediately on the live stream we do uh, for the race watch along on WTF1 official, if you don't follow us already, was that we questioned why didn't they go on separate strategies? Why didn't they do one strategy for one driver and a different one? Uh, for another but they didn't they went with medium hards for both and I feel like that was a mistake I think you might be right there it was certainly an odd strategy and one that many have been left confused by including Red Bull apparently Hamilton's first thought when he saw the tire blankets come off of the Red Bull to reveal the Red Bull Pirellis was oh bleep obviously can't swear on this one so yeah Mercedes knew as soon as those tire blankets came off that maybe they had uh not really made the best call there. Um, I mean, Hamilton at the start, he was hanging on to Verstappen, things looked to be going well. But like you say, the the strategy that they had just wasn't wasn't the one. And although, you know, we're used to hearing Hamilton especially maybe complain about the the tire choices that have been made or his tires falling away or whatever. Um, one, I think TV Direction just choose to play that because I'm sure all the other 19 drivers on the grid are having similar conversations with their, you know, pit wall. But um, I think in this case, it was probably a fair comment to make because, yeah, like you said, you know, there was probably one of the best potentials there to get a victory, but it didn't work out. So a bit silly. 
yeah, I think if Hamilton had done the strategy of medium soft, or maybe gone on the same as Max, would he have been able to pass? We'll go into what we think about the Mexican Grand Prix circuit later. We don't know, but he certainly wouldn't have been, what was it, 15 seconds or whatever he finished behind him, like a, a long way and never got close. It was not the right thing to do, clearly. I can't believe that I know Mercedes had it set that that's what they were going to do from the start, but I'm really surprised he didn't do a bit of sort of thinking on their feet and changing the calculations because, you know, even Russell said, let's go soft at the end. I mean, if there was any ever any ever evidence that you needed... Ever uh, any evidence. Ever any evidence you needed. <laughs> sorry. It's, it was a late night. I was, it was. I was doing... Yeah, I was... Get that coffee um, in you, lad. I know. But Ferrari... We know how bad Ferrari are on their tyres. They started on the soft tyres and were absolutely fine. When Ferrari are fine on a soft tyre, you know that the tyre wear is not bad at all. And I can't believe that Mercedes didn't just, particularly when they stayed out longer, just extend it, maybe go for the softs at the end, but to put the hards on, especially with both cards. I mean, Russell, you're fourth if you do it, you're fourth if you don't, because Ferrari were just out of it just baffling to me and yeah it seems like a really missed opportunity when they had nothing to lose yes they've kind of gone with the belief that those mediums were going to fall off right (laughs) good luck uh, the questionable thing there is why hedge your bets with both cars with the same thing and hoping that the mediums are going to fall off when it was quite clear that the the tire degradation wasn't that bad uh, I mean, Sebastian Vettel went 35 laps, I think, on the soft tires. Yeah. So he, uh, he he did a great little stint. But it, it just it it doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I know we say hindsight, etc. But they have nothing to lose. They're trying to beat Ferrari Shaw in the, in the constructors, but they need to win. And as you say, Tommy, fourth was going to be the worst they'd get anyway. And thinking on their feet was definitely something that I'm very surprised they didn't do with Russell. Russell, as you say, made the call. He said, he was I want for to go. <laughs> Interesting description. Um, <laughs> he he really wanted to go on the soft tyres at the end. And if we look at Danny Rick, who has had one of the most difficult seasons, if not the most difficult season of his career. Katie's still trying to stifle her laugh, audio listeners. Um, and Danny Rick finished best of the rest, even with a 10 second penalty going medium soft. Yeah, it if was the one, wasn't it? proof... And I think even George Russell said, didn't he, uh, after the race, that there was uh, potentially a mistake made there. Um, but it's just, it is such a, a missed opportunity for Mercedes. They had to do something different. They couldn't just stick with their guns. The hard tyres wasn't something we expected to see anyway, really, uh, in as a preferential strategy. So, yeah, I'm, I think Mercedes will probably have uh, some regrets. Let's go into a question from Team WTFL member Jaxi96. But before we do that, Tommy, <laughs> uh, what do you want to say? I was just going to say that it's funny that Mercedes were really waiting for, obviously, Max's tyres to fall off. And you could tell that they didn't want to tell Hamilton that they'd <laughs> made the wrong decision the entire race. Um, and we're kind of like, oh, don't worry, his tires are going to fall off. There's an interesting um, post that someone put on F1 Reddit, and they've actually shared Verstappen's lap time throughout the entire race. And he pitted on lap 27 for mediums, and he did, uh, apart from lap 65 and 66, when there was a virtual safety car, from lap 27 to 71, he did a 122 every single lap without fail. They were wow. never going off. The consistency. And Verstappen like... is the goat. No, he's not the goat. <laughs> Quick, clip it, is clip it. The goat of this year. Yeah, <laughs> the greatest. Yeah, exactly. The you need goy. to greatest, greatest of, of the year. year. Um, yeah, exactly. They needed to. They needed to do something different and and gamble, but not with the hards to get uh, to sort of beat Verstappen because I mean that consistency is just a joke. Yeah, and that you. you... I think you were saying as well in the, when we were doing the watch long, Tommy, that um, Mercedes said that they would gladly sacrifice one driver's race yeah. to win, to try and win. Why George Russell the out there could have at least tried to hold Verstappen up a little bit if Max caught up, caught him up in the last few laps of his medium stint before he went on the softs. But how quickly Danny Rick went at the end, I have to question whether there was more there. Of course, Danny Rick's coming through slower cars than what Max Verstappen is. And I, 
who knows? I don't think George Russell could have won the race, but he certainly could have beaten Sergio Perez, in my opinion, uh, if not beaten Hamilton as well. So, yeah, we're, it's it's all ifs and buts, unfortunately, but it just feels like it was a very conservative strategy for a team that is desperate to get a victory this year. Very strange. Let's go to Jack C96's question. Why were Mercedes so conservative with their tyre strategy in this race? They had nothing to lose championship-wise. So surely starting one car on the softs and or letting Russell go on to them at the end would give them a better result and made the race a damn sight more interesting. Exactly. That as well, Jack. You know, why not for the entertainment, Mercedes? Ferrari were so far off the pace, they were never an issue. Why not try something different? I found it very strange uh, with with Russell, to be honest with you. Um, but we, we've kind of covered it. Moving on to Ethan Badowski. Does Lewis's lack of a win to this point say more about Red Bull's dominance or the shortcomings of the W13? I think it says more about Max Verstappen uh, than it does maybe Red Bull's dominance because if you take Max Verstappen out of the equation, Hamilton's won a few races this year. Uh, I, I know Max has won every race that Hamilton's been second, I believe, just off the top of my head. So yeah, yeah. exactly. If you take him out of it. Well, no one else has really won a race this year, Tommy. He's won 14 yeah. of them. So, <laughs> yeah, true. But, what, but, it, but it is it is the case of, like you say, it's not Red Bull aren't finishing first and second every race, and the best you can hope for is third. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first half of the season, the W13 was just pretty much a write off, but I think it is a mix of both. The strategy hasn't helped, but Red Bull and Max have just been a bulletproof combination. So, yeah, pity anyone that's going to try and go up against that. Yeah, certainly. Not to add, really. I just same as same as you, but of course, I was going to say it, that it I'm is trouble. more Max Verstappen, um, and just he's just found that perfect, uh, you know, at one with his car, even frighteningly, probably even more so than than Hamilton was at Mercedes, which is quite scary. That he's just so dominant, and now, you know, he's got that win record of. 14 wins in the season wins the last two he'd have the best percentage as well uh, which to do to get that win percentage when the season is so long is actually unbelievably impressive and um yeah it's very ominous for the rest of the performance because we we were saying in 2021 even 2022 I think, uh, yeah, you could go back to 2022 and what Max was doing in that Red Bull when it was nowhere near the Mercedes. 2022. Sorry, 2020. <laughs> We're in 2022. Go back to 2020. Hello, Tommy. Sorry. When we go back to 2020 and Max was in the Red Bull and he was finishing third or second or sometimes sneaking the odd win, we were saying on the podcast, you know, what's it going to be like when he's older, wiser, and has a dominant car? Stronger, faster. And, oh, my word is it dominance like insane dominance he's 31 points behind mercedes and the constructors title on his own that's insane isn't it that's <laughs> absolutely insane uh, so hamilton's had four second places this year and he has been behind verstappen every single time france hungary usa and mexico uh, so yeah that would have been four wins had it not been for verstappen's uh, utter brilliance so uh, we have to give him uh, his props when needed right Speaking of props, we need to give some more to another driver as we move over to Daniel Ricardo's biggest fan correspondent on the ground, Katie <laughs> Fairman. Was it fair? It was fair, man. It was, well, the penalty, 10 seconds, wasn't the greatest of things. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. The best drive he's ever done because he did wipe Yuki Tsunoda out of the race. Although, you know, the move you might say is... Yeah, well, I think Ricardo said like maybe 60-40 or 70-30. He was the one that got the penalty for it. And it's never oh, nice to see 10, it. 100-0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's never nice to see an incident where one of the drivers gets taken out. So that's unfortunate. But having said that, the 10-second penalty obviously stirred something with Danny Rick and obviously the strategy. And yeah, it just felt really good to see Daniel going for it unleashing the honey badger once again tom stallard his race engineer tweeted a great meme i don't know if you've seen it it's of some like weird barney the dinosaur thing coming that, out of that a, one a tweet bush. of the week uh last week i think it was uh went for, oh. about vettel i think it was uh whom's the week and uh yeah that one yeah great. it was great great uh tweet there from tom um but yeah it's genuinely like so good to see daniel really 
like having a good car underneath him that he can get the potential out of and also a strategy where he hasn't been mugged off. So the two of them just meant that we actually got to see a bit of old school Daniel Ricciardo. I'm not going to say it's like, oh, it's like Daniel's remembered how to drive because I stand by the fact that he always knows what he needs to do and he's doing it. But unfortunately, just like the man machine vibes just isn't working for him at McLaren. But yeah, really awesome. And just glad that he did it because it was a bit of entertainment, if anything else. He certainly was. He carried the entire race on his back, really, just for a few overtakes. I think with Daniel Ricciardo, it's an interesting one because... Yes, he has been given the short straw a lot of times over the course of this season in terms of strategy, mainly because he's been slow and therefore not had the preferred strategy. And I think almost McLaren getting it wrong with Lando and putting Danny Rick on a different strategy worked in his favour for once in his life, where he went from the mediums to the softs and how quick those soft tyres were was was brilliant for him and he managed to pass so many cars from i think he was maybe 11th and then he all got the way all up to uh, all the way up to seventh well yeah Yeah. lando let him through uh which was obviously good from lando and then danny just absolutely sped off and then cleared the rest of the pack by 10 seconds which is something we have not said about daniel ricardo for a very long time so it it did (laughs) fill my heart with with a lot of warmth and a lot of love uh to see danny rick um back there best of the rest um but yeah, it, it it I think it just shows that yes, Danny Rick has been pretty woeful at times this season. But I think McLaren have also not done the best they possibly could with his strategy at times, and and it's shown. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to see him get a P seven, and uh, we can bask in the glory of this. We don't need to talk about the rest of the season right now. P seven, <laughs> go on the Danny. You may have yeeted Yuki Sonoda out the way, but he knew he was that quick. He could just drive off. So he was like, "Get out the way, Yuki." It's so funny that two people in that race, and we're going to Gasly later, essentially their races were so much better because they just yeeted someone out of the way, got a penalty and just drove off, um, <laughs> which maybe is going to be the tactic from now on. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see Danny Rick back uh, to a point. And you know, the last 20 laps, he provided all the entertainment. Um, seen the video online where he was giving the finger guns to... The Alpine before he was about to overtake it, so he was clearly loving life, and it's good that. Yeah, I think he's... we just need to. I think we just need to. We need to dive into that slightly more, there, Tommy. That the man was in the slipstream oh. of another of an car, al- of another car, and was like doing a finger the point, like the shooting, like pew, with his yeah. own, with his right hand. And I'm like, who's this guy? Is this the Danny Rick we, we yeah, used to know? It's the old Danny Rick, isn't it? Like, it was about nice him to Kota see it. and how miserable he was after the race in Kota. Absolutely. Like, what a contrast. It just shows why, why so like good. Formula One is like you can go from being the ab- in the absolute worst place, absolute blinder. So, sorry. Yeah, you froze there. Sorry. Um, yeah, the. Uh... Oh, I froze. Okay, great. <laughs> no, we <laughs> I basically... heard what you said. Don't worry. Yeah, we heard what you said. Um, but yeah, uh, the fact that, yeah, he'd had that absolute nightmare in Kota and it was like, this could be the end of his career. Like, we'll never see another even smile oh, this is really sad but never even see another smile from Danny Rick because it's seemed like you've just completely like lost the you know it just lost all his love for Formula One after Austin and whatever but it's awesome to see that you know had such a great race and and to see him sort of pulling those moves um slightly miffed that he took out Yuki of course but um I'm all we'll see <laughs> when he gets an F from me and uh, ABCDF1, you know why. Hera9590 asks, why was Danny given a 10-second penalty, whereas George only got a five-second penalty for the same kind of incident? This is an interesting one, a hot topic of debate, uh, I think. Um, well, let's let's break down... <laughs> let's break <laughs> no, down French. who, me or the stewards? Um, <laughs> let's break down the Danny Rixonoda one first. I think that that was a pretty terrible driving from Danny, really. Yuki did open the door slightly, but... It doesn't warrant Danny Rick just sticking a nose in he wasn't around the corner. That yeah, he, he was never owed that racing room. That was purely relying on Yuki thinking Danny's going to dive bomb me. I'll give him some space, <laughs> yeah. which, which shouldn't have really happened in the corner as slow as that. If he'd got the traction, if he'd got the traction out of that corner when he did the switch back, and he'd got the because I watched it back. If he'd have got the traction, he was alongside him. You go well. Of course, Yuki wouldn't turn in, but he was never 
remotely alongside he's down only that alongside mini straight wasn't when he? he hit him yeah basically when he hit, the, hit the break so yeah so I think 10 second was absolutely warranted. The George Russell signs one, I can sort of understand in terms of, obviously, first and foremost, the stewards are not supposed to take into account the consequence. It's just the incident. And I suppose they look at that lap one, term one. It was more, it, I don't think George was ever trying to overtake Carlos Sainz. That's the that's the difference there is that there's an understanding that it was bit, a bit like unfortunate that Carlos tried to sweep back and sort of came across as George locked up where I think it's it's more the intention and the fact that it was just a very small mistake from George which yeah of course was a massive uh, problem for Carlos Sainz and he, he meant he didn't finish the race but that part isn't taken into account it's literally just the fact that George locked up and made contact with the Ferrari five second did feel a little bit lenient for me because of but then you take into account Carlos being out of the race I can understand why they gave it five seconds personally yeah, they're always more lenient on the, the first lap collision. So I guess that was part of it. And yeah, for all, I don't want to go in on Danny Rick because I've just been praising him and it was an awesome drive. But yeah, the, the move was absolutely awful. Like it was so poor. <laughs> like it was you such a bad overtake. Well. Yeah, it was why he didn't just wait for the DR. Like his pace advantage was insane that he would have easily got him uh, in DRS because uh, or you know, any other corner, but that is not an overtaking spot. So yeah, um, it was poor from Danny Rick, but then obviously it lit a fire in him and he got a car out the way and then just thought, right, I need a 10 second gap. Here we go. I'm on soft tires. Let's go for it. And it was cool to see. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, comparing the the penalties between Daniel and George last week, like you say, I think the FIA took into consideration that Russell's was first slap, turn one incident, Drivers have got a lot going on, you know, however many cars around them trying to focus on what's going on ahead. Whereas for, for Daniel, it was just him and Yuki on track. So, yeah, I think I imagine that's probably why there's slightly different penalties. Yeah, heavy car, cold tyres, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, next question. Ooh, splat ooh. How can you get driver of the day when taking another car out? Because no one else really... Because <laughs> no did one did any, anything. anything. Uh, Bottas lost positions. Uh, so that was the only thing I really remember seeing. Um, the race winner never gets driver of the day because I don't think we saw Verstappen the entire race. So how can you give driver of the day to a car we only saw cross the line at the end? Um, no, I think Danny Rick still deserved driver of the day. It was a mistake, sure, but he did an, ama an amazing cut through the field and, and managed to extend the... Uh, 10 seconds of course you've got to remember drive of the day doesn't get you any points it's just a bit of fun and it's a fan vote and everyone was happy to see Danny Rick do well so there you go I must admit I voted for Daniel as driver of the day so wow you were part of the problem <laughs> I am <laughs> but yeah I think it's a valid question but like you say I think there was just very little to go on with what other drivers were doing I don't think it's anything to do with TV direction I think it's just a dull track and just not much overtaking or anything like that so when we saw Daniel pop on those softs and zoom past all these other cars it was like oh okay well he's actually doing something with his time so I'll give him my vote I don't think I've ever voted for driving I was team. about just to say thought, the same have you not? <laughs> no too busy always, no, always, uh, found always uh, like all of these things yeah know? no if I remember uh, to do it I'll do it but yeah um how can driver? Yeah, I mean, like like we said earlier, he he was the only one actually doing anything. It was, it was quite funny in our Twitch chat actually because we have a shaking Mattia Bonotto, um, like emoji, emote, like yeah. a Twitch emote, and uh, we were getting everyone to spam it in the chat to try and hope something would happen because the race was so terrible. And no word of a lie, as soon as people started spamming, oh god, it must have been all of about a minute before Danny Rick. Not even that. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Bearing wow. in mind as well that we were about a minute or two behind watching as well. Mm. So I think the minute the first Mattia Bonotto emote went in the chat, Danny Rick dive bombs Sonoda. Yeah. We channeled Mattia Bonotto energy and power into throwing people's races and we didn't get a safety car, but it was it was a good try, wasn't it? Well for sure. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com forward slash WTF1 and get on your way to being your best self. 
Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. I myself have tried therapy before and I absolutely recommend it. It changes your life for the better. It allows you to just take that weight off of your shoulders and to be able to move forward with problems in your life. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com WTF1. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WTF1. Okay, Tommy. We're flying through this podcast. Oh, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be a. <laughs> Can you tell that it wasn't a great race and the FIA didn't screw up? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no Katie run. Shocking. Tell me, what's your three word race review? Mine is Mexico deserves better, and this is about the circuit, which, in my opinion, you like vibes. Ten out of ten. The crowd. Ten out of ten. Mariachi Check band. Ten out of ten. Check his dad. Love it. Love yeah, the vibes. F1, can we just talk about the F1 Car Mexican elevator. theme tune very quickly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How Superb. good is that F1 Mexican theme tune? I literally, uh, it was after the race as well. We're all feeling a bit deflated. What a terrible race. Then the music started playing. It was a great, I was the greatest day of my life again. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Karen, Tommy. But yes, the circuit, if you just take it as a track map, it's probably top three of the worst. It's absolutely awful. Like, genuinely, an absolutely hideous track layout. It is... That's how you really feel. <laughs> it's such a shame. And yeah, the reason that I did the three-head race of your Mexico deserves better because you know, the fans are amazing. It's such a great party atmosphere. And we've just never really had a good race there. And you look at the the circuit and it's 90 degree turn, 90 degree turn, 90 degree turn. Boring. It's like Tilka at its worst where they do really slow sections that are for the fans, which is great because you know they get to see the cars for a long time. But... I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old school, but even if I went to a circuit, I don't want to see cars going slow. I go to Formula One to see fast cars. <laughs> so it's just a terrible circuit and I absolutely hate it. And I think they should change it and give the Mexican fans a better circuit. Wow. God, someone's put some <laughs> truth serum in Tommy's coffee this morning. Uh, yeah, I, I I have to agree that Mexico, the, the circuit needs changing. I don't... I feel it's like small pass. changes could actually improve it quite a lot i think that you know turns two and three you will have seen a video on the youtube channel actually which is coming out very soon just me talking about what i would change but i'm going to talk to you about it right now as well turns two and three get rid of it why have we got the chicane no get just put it in the bin instead have a hard breaking zone into turn one which leads straight onto the next straight with the ne- another dose of drs it then lengthens the straight allowing for more opportunity and overtaking and dive bombs into there and because all that chicane does is shorten that part of the straight and that means drs is pretty much useless although we do see a a couple of opportunities in in there but if you have a longer straight we'll have even more opportunities so i would do that i would remove i would lessen the angle of turn five so then you've got the 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 mini straight then the left and then the right just before the yuki uh daniel incident that turn five is very very awful uh it's just the most awkward it just looks horrendous like we're not even in the car and i'm just watching the cars go around there and it's just horrendous so just less than the angle through there which allows a bit more speed to go through there and then maybe someone can do a danny rick dive bomb into turn six but instead danny rick was forced to do a dive bomb when well, he wasn't forced but he did a dive bomb in a place that shouldn't have happened also the s's put some gravel in there they they are the least that has got the least jeopardy in the world those s's i don't know if it's the camera angle as well the camera angles through there are terrible it, it doesn't give you any sense of how difficult those S's are. All we get to see are replays of Charles Leclerc being 45 degrees and I go, oh my God, no, not again. But those S's need gravel in my opinion. I don't know if because of safety they don't have them or they just love tarmac. I don't know. But I would love to see gravel there. It gives a bit more jeopardy for if someone makes a mistake. And then the finally, the, the stadium sh- section, It I know why it's slow, as Tommy said. It's so that the fans get to see the cars for longer so that they can charge a million pounds per ticket. But 
again, I, I actually don't enjoy really seeing cars go slowly. I don't know if it's just me. Let us know in the comments uh, if you're also an F1 fan that wants to see them go flying past you rather than new, new, new. And it's like 40 miles an hour through the most awkward section of like, it's literally. It's not spectacular at all. No, it's not spectacular. They're, they're struggling for traction. It's just. And I will happily support what you said, Tommy, I think in the stream that, or maybe on Twitter, I can't remember what you did, but on in that stadium section, I think it's worse than the Barcelona last chicane. For how just horrible it is for cars to go through there, <laughs> like I know it's amazing to have the amphitheater, and I love the the vibes and whatnot. But and I know they probably do it for safety as well. You can't have the cars flying through there at 180 miles an hour because if there's a crash, they could end up in the blooming Colosseum they got the or whatever. They've got like picnic but... benches there and stuff, haven't they? And like a bar area. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So look, as a as a racetrack, I understand there's the commercial side to it as well, and get it, but. There's, there's so much they could do with it. Just require a few small tweaks and maybe we'll have a better Mexico City Grand Prix. Perhaps, like you say, the track just doesn't allow, allow for any overtaking. There's like the big sense of jeopardy going into turn one down that long straight. But after that, it's fairly routine and pretty dull. I will say, though, Formula E alert. Whoop, whoop. But... Um, when I used to cover Formula E, Mexico was like always one of my favorite tracks on the calendar because it always delivered a banger of a race. Whether that was like, I think it was 2017 was one of the crazier ones. Two teammates coming together in that stadium section. Like it was really good. And then from the years after that, it was always, always a good race. I can see why. Yeah. It's a completely different circuit. It's a different circuit. <laughs> it's a big, it, but this is it. it it's it just not brings- the same. Yeah. But it can can be yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, they, they, it's only half the circuit, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a mini oval. It looks like, I mean, um, be, you know, the thing you hang on circuit, your door, but... like a do not disturb thing in a hotel. Look yeah. at the circuit map and tell me that's not what it is. But yeah, it looks like that. So basically, formula layout. Yeah, but I mean, if it would probably make the times even shorter. <laughs> be a 30-second lap. Yeah, it'd be like sprint. But made for some great racing, so who knows? Just try yeah. it. Katie, like Katie, you're actually on something there because the the main thing is that, you know, people don't get to see the stadium. Like like the cars are slow that they want the stadium. They're gonna there's gonna be like six hundred laps if it's a thirty. Yeah. They'll see them all the time. So oh they can't God. complain about, you know, not getting value for money then. Perfect. Katie, you've nailed it. Formula E circuit next year, please. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Bring your besties at the FAA. <laughs> Yeah. Sure, they'll answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely Katie's besties. Uh, I just want to say on a completely irrelevant note, we're all wearing black. Happy Halloween. Uh, this was accidental, uh, but here we are. Uh, for all your listeners, there you go. Right. <laughs> Next it. question. I think we've kind of covered Kid Justice 21s, which was what changes to the track would you make to improve the racing? Uh, the stadium section is a big problem, they say. Completely agree. Uh, any other changes either of you would make for that? Yeah. Mariachi band. Big up and start again. Wow. Fair. I mean, I'm sure they have enough money just to just to do that. Uh, Keep the may- cool podium though. Maybe we we get the sea closer as well. Like 2,250 meters away is a bit like it's not it's mm. not good for it's not good for slipstream, is it? So big down like have it in a big like in the ground. <laughs> they go underground. Well, they've already got the you know the pop up thing, so they could just do the opposite where they all go down. Yeah. Perfect. Look, we're onto something. Uh, Why did they never contact us? Team WTF one member E flat major. Were the tire compounds C4 to C2 selected for this race too soft, given that the whole grid had their heads in their hands on tires and forgot to think about racing and excitement? Uh, do you mean too hard? Pretty sure they were too hard. Uh, too hard, yeah. Yeah, not mean. too soft. Yeah. Um, yes, I think. Maybe they mean too uh, lenient in terms of soft. Maybe. But George but yeah. Russell, I think, said that there should have maybe been, it should have been one step uh, mm. the other way. So yeah, absolutely. So oh, I actually, said... no, uh, well, did he? I feel like he actually may have said they wanted them harder, so that it, then there would have been less of a an offset or something between. I think either either way, there needs to be some more jeopardy between the tires because it's not it's so hard to overtake. I mean, this kind of goes back to the circuit thing, but. How Sergio Perez could not pass Hamilton when he was that much quicker just shows how bad this circuit is for, for passing and stuff. And you know, if we had maybe a bigger gap between the tires, so as soon as, well, 
Daniel Ricciardo is a perfect example. He was on soft tires when everyone else was on warm tires, and it was great. So, you know, if there's half the grid doing that, then you get a much more exciting race, don't you? Little C1, C3, C5. Lovely. Sign then no up. one would use the C5s, and it would just be the C1 and the C3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around. Which one's the softest? C5. C5, C4. I think. Oh, yeah, C4. C5. C5. Yeah. Yeah. C5. Okay. So no one would use the C1. Anyway, that's confusing for some people. Uh, But yes, those are the tire steps of compound uh, that we're talking about. But it was the C4 to C2 that were selected um, for this particular race. Um, Yeah. We we, we want to see two stop strategies. I think that's that's the dream, isn't it? You know, we don't we don't want to be seeing soft tires going 35 laps and things like that because it just ruins that element of strategy. Uh, there's been lots of talk over the years about, oh, why don't we force two-stop strategies and things like that? No, just make the tyres degrade fast enough so that we, they have to do two-stop strategies. That's that's what we want to see. Uh, next question, Septimus underscore II. Will Gasly change his driving to account for his penalty points? No, I think if anything, he'll have to just yeet someone off, take the take Abu Dhabi take off. Take the L. <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> just cross the pit exit line twice um, in Yuki. Brazil. Do a Yuki. If you're having a terrible race, especially, get banned for Abu Dhabi, early holiday. You get someone in... Nick, Nick DeVries uh, can get his early yeah, debut. Yeah, Nick DeVries can, can have a, a nice little Abu Dhabi outing. Perfect. So Brazil, Gasly's got to do something. But I'm not sure Alpha Tauri would allow that considering they want points and Gasly's going to Alpine next year. So I highly doubt they care. If anything, they would want him to preserve those 10 penalty points for next year when Alpha <laughs> Tauri are fighting Alpine and then maybe he gets banned. Big brain strats. Smart. That is big brain strats. I mean, yeah, so Gasly's on 10 penalty points at the moment. Some m- might argue he should be on 11 because the move that he had with Stroll yesterday was forcing another driver off the track, which is punishable by two penalty points, and we're taking him up to 11. But he only so why got was it one, one? Because the FIA... Huh. Oh, uh, is it? Do you remember when I wrote that <laughs> piece that was like, someone. we'll never oh, see we'll never FIA ban? Do you remember I wrote that piece yeah. that was like, we'll you never did. see a ban? And as, and I said, as soon as someone gets to the threshold where they nearly do, they'll be more lenient and they'll change the rules. There you go. You watch. Yeah. Gasly will get to 11 in Brazil, and then... It'll be just like the WTF on podcast. He'll he'll wipe someone out and they'll go, half a point. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, I don't understand it. But um, I don't think any of these drivers will change their driving styles. If anything, they'll probably go back to the FIA and say, listen here, mate, half of the things that you've given me penalty points for are stupid you need to change the system. I don't need to change because these drivers don't think that there's anything wrong with them, which is just some of the ways that the drivers have to think. They got to be all about them, big ego, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it is. It, I mean, it is concerning that he's so close. But no, he he won't change his driving style at all to change that. So the concerning thing as well is how long it is till it resets. Twenty second of May, twenty twenty three. And as we said, he's got to race Ocon uh, uh, as a teammate for that as well. So, eesh, uh, not not looking great for Gasly. I mean, if you look at the reasons why, in this wonderful article by Katie Fairman about why people have their their penalty points. But Spain, he got two for a collision with Stroll. Um, Austria, he got two for a collision with Vettel. So, yeah, two points for all the collisions. Um, One point in Austria for leaving the track without... uh, Justifiable reason multiple times. Two in Japan for speeding under red flag and two in America for the safety car infringement. And then one for uh, Mexico. So, yeah, not not looking great for Gasly. Um, I guess technically it wasn't contact, was it, with Stroll? So <clears throat> it was no. just forcing a driver off the track, which... I yeah, maybe the, they the thought difference. it was a bit more lenient. But, but again, it is that thing of you just absolutely send it do an illegal overtake and then he had five seconds in the bag by like four laps it's just actually so much easier it wasn't, to do. It wasn't quite that quick but it was it was, it was yeah he was nothing he was clear going for on either yeah. why did it take the fia so long to decide a thing maybe Tactical they were just like is the way. stretching yeah, it out so much they was were going like, on. yeah there's nothing else happening i'm just gonna just take ages deciding this one because we'll probably not get anything else for the rest of the race Look, nice. things that are so slam dunk like that, I just think they should get on the blower and go give the place back. Like that's what you should have to do. Like, it just 
it just doesn't make much sense because if you're a much faster car you can just do what you want i know he didn't mean to he locked up but he can just decide to drive off and that's more beneficial to his race than giving the position back but that's just me and wanting to see more racing probably um moving on now to jones rf873 what's up with alonso's luck <laughs> alonso has had horrendous luck this year there has actually been a list of all the things that <laughs> yes. have gone wrong with him this year, which I'll I'll, I'll run you I've through. I've got the list. Have you got it? I've got the list. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's insane. So Alonso's 2022 season in Bahrain, he had an engine problem. In Saudi, he had an engine problem. First DNF. In Australia, he had a hydraulic failure in qualifying. Bad luck with safety car in the race. Uh, this is from Giuseppe 100 on Reddit, by the way. Uh, in Imola, it was hit by Schumacher, second DNF. Uh, in Miami, slow pit stop, loses points with two ridiculous post-race penalties. In Spain, traffic in last qualifying attempt and gets fourth engine. Uh, Canada, engine problem, bad luck with two virtual safety cars, loses points with a ridiculous penalty. In Silverstone, couldn't do the last quali run. In Austria, broken floor in quali, electrical problem in the sprint race, did not start, takes his fifth engine, mechanical problem at the pit stop. Uh, Spa, hit by Hamilton in the race, damaged car. Uh, he was blocked in Q2 at Zanvor and then eliminated uh, in Monza, engine problem, third DNF. Uh, and then Singapore, engine problem, fourth DNF. <laughs> in Japan, poor race strategy, losing positions with two late pit stops. Uh, and then again in Kota, takes his sixth engine, grid penalty, hit by Stroll, damaged car. Well, I mean, that was a big hit. And then last but not least in Mexico, engine problem and his fifth DNF. What a joke. And he's How 11 many ladders points. he walked under? I know. 11 points by knock-on in the title as well. Is that all he is? 11 yeah. points behind after all of that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, he'd be best of the rest, wouldn't he, probably? With, without so. that. He's been brilliant. He has been brilliant this year. And it is funny because Alonso now has just, I mean, at the end of the day, he doesn't care. He's already burnt his bridge with Alpine because he mentioned, obviously, the way he handled um, his move with Aston Martin and stuff. But yeah, he's very much now in the media being like, oh, it's it's only ever one car that breaks down and stuff and saying all this kind of thing, which is quite funny. I'm going to get absolutely roasted here by the Alonso fans. But do we think that maybe the reason... His, <laughs> his driving style. Well, do you think maybe he's pushing the car too far and that's why it keeps breaking? No. Alonso is too it's just, good. He's too quick. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> too magic. <laughs> But yeah. uh, it, I, I, I really know. feel for him because right. it is an absolute joke and it does always seem to be like almost his side on, of the garage. I'm not trying to say that there's anything going on behind the scenes before people come at me for that. But yeah, it was funny. Like I said on this podcast before, I live with my brother. He's a huge Alonso fan. He knew instantly as soon as there was that move with Ocon and was it Bottas or something going past? And it was like, Alonso's car's ruined. Like, yeah, there's something yeah, wrong with his car. I said it as well. Yeah, he yeah. was like, something's yeah. wrong. Alonso and then, doesn't sure get enough... passed by Bottas. <laughs> Bottas doesn't pass anyone. No. Oh. Yeah, when Bottas overtakes someone, you know that the other car's got a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> um... <laughs> not far yeah. from the truth, is it? No. Mm. But yeah, Alonso, oh, God. Just such poor, poor luck. He was on to finish. Best of the rest again. Bag a load of points. And um, nah, yeah, it wouldn't it's have been just shocking. Rick. Um, yeah, maybe not Danny Rick. I don't. Danny I Rick was uh, a boost. Yeah, but he he was on for uh, another Decent chunk points, of yeah. points, and so many, like you say, have been taken taken off him through no fault of his own, and it's just painful because he has been one of the drivers of the, the season. And it's really annoying as well. Without these problems, without mm, half of these problems, Tommy would be spending a lot of money on Alpine merch right now for P four yep. in the championship. <sighs> I mean, How if it's far, Alonso what's match, the difference in points? It. It's not very much now, is it? Now, Danny Rick Scott, let's have a look. Uh, seven, only seven behind. How? Wait, so McLaren are seven behind Alpine. Alpine. How is it only oh. seven points with that car that Alpine it's have compared close. to McLaren? Wild. Yeah, wow. they've been so... racing one car essentially, but they they always say that like. They've been racing one car because Danny Rick's not been there, but I guess it has actually just been Lando versus Ocon a lot of the time because <laughs> yeah. clearly Fernando's car is on braking all the time. So, mm. yeah, 
Sad times. Hopefully Fernando Alonso will get a bit more luck. Oh, wait, he's going to Aston Martin next year. Okay, right. Let's move on to our favourite part of the show. It's jingle time. Tommy, have you got the ABCDF1 jingle? Ready? I have. And shout out to Miriam, who has sent us this jingle. It is Mexican themed. Love to see it. Good. That's what we wanted. Hello, Matt, Tommy and Katie. Greetings from Mexico. A simple and last minute edition. I'm not that skilled when it comes to sound mixing, but I want you guys to have a jingle for the Mexican Grand Prix. This is the music for a song that I safely say every Mexican knows. It's called Quielito Lindo. I hope I said that right. Uh, the song's main theme is basically sing and don't cry because singing makes the heart happier, which kind of applies to Matt this year with his Ferrari journey. Hope you have a lovely day and thank you for all that you do. Right, here oh, we go. Thank you. Right, let's do it. A. B. C. D. E. F. A. B. C. D. E. F. Lovely. I love the one. Brilliant. Thank you. That was Mi- Miriam. Miriam. Miriam Sanchez. Miriam. Yeah. Thank, Thank you very, very much, much uh, for that submission. And if you want to get your submission in for the final couple of races this season, get them in. Uh, what is team. the uh, website? Podcast. Podcast, the email? <laughs> Podcast at wtf1.com. Send in your jingles for the final two. Well, actually, Tommy's got one to do either for Brazil or Abu Dhabi. Oh, so yes. maybe it's Abu Dhabi. That's not actually happening, is it? Yeah. What do you mean? It is. You promised. Oh. You I literally, like a... you studied music for your degree. Oh. You have to use it at some point. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. I did the guitar during the live stream. No. You promised it on the podcast. You did said I? I'll yeah. do one. Sorry. Okay. Do it for Abu Dhabi. So you got one chance to submit a podcast jingle for Brazil. Okay. But you can have an Abu Dhabi one as well because Tommy's one's probably going to be done live and it's going to be terrible because uh, he would have forgotten. <laughs> and then I'll go, Tommy, where's the jingle? And he'll go, oh God, I'll have to do it now. Anyway. Right, ABCDF one time. Let's get into it. Lewis Hamilton. A. A, yeah. Yeah. A from us and an A from the fans. George Russell, B. B. Boy. Ah, B from us and a B from the fans. Max Verstappen, A star. Yep. A star. And the easiest A star. I mean, there's been a lot of easy A stars, hasn't there, for for uh, for Max this year. Uh, moving on now to Sergio Perez. A. a. Yeah. A. Got a bit um, mugged off by the slow pit stop as well. He was saying he thinks he could be second without that. So yeah, it's a fair. It's difficult to overtake, but I think that's a fair shout. It was what was it five second pit stop or something? Mm. Uh, but oh, yeah, I'd so... have... sorry, I'd have loved to have seen it. Um, uh, Perez been behind, and then because everyone, the whole conversation for the last forty laps would have been: Is Verstappen going to slow down at the line and let him win? Would have been interesting yeah. to see. God, the answer I would have was muted no. the television if that was the case. Um, so yeah, A from us and an A from the fans. Charles Leclerc, C. C. We have not spoken about Charles Leclerc. Sorry, Matt. Cover I don't want to. Now. There's nothing. There's no point. <laughs> that. Yeah, what a strange race. Never, never seen a race like that from him, like this year, where you know, he's, even when he's had his mistakes and crashed out or whatever, they've been, he's been quick. He's been really quick and stuff. But I know Fry weren't in the um, best of positions and there's talk of that they had engine troubles and things like that. But I think that's the first race this year, def- I would say definitely, where science has just beaten him outright on pace. Mm. Very strange. Um, yeah, C. Yeah, I'm going for a C as well. Just sort of anonymous, really. Apart yeah, from his crash in FP2. And I've just seen that Formula One have actually posted uh, his stats because he had his 100th race uh, this weekend. Oh, uh, no. 100, 100 starts, five wins, 18 pole positions, oh, seven fastest laps, 23 podiums, and 835 points. It's not the worst, uh, but that that pole to take win ratio yeah, is mad, isn't it? Quite something, but yeah, very very poor from Leclerc. I'd have to say this this we don't usually see signs outperforming the entire weekend, but that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, C from us and a C from the fans. Carlos signs. Uh, I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, B. Yeah, B. B from us and a B from the fans. Lando Norris. 
B. 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 Yes, B. Yeah, yeah. I'll go for a B. Okay, a B from us and a B from the fans. Danny Ricardo, A. F. That's not funny. Yuki, isn't it? He took out Yuki. Yeah. Yeah. I can't <laughs> give him an A star because of the Yuki No, you situation. absolutely cannot give him an A star. I, <laughs> I, I know. I can't give him an A star, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> no, A, but hi, A. How do you, how'd you feel that he's uh, been dishing out merch to all the Mercedes guys? And I'm annoyed. Replied, replied to you. Do, you. do you think I should give him a nudge on Instagram yeah. and say no. hello? Oh. No. <laughs> If he's You're not open that message, he doesn't want to talk to I to give you an Easter. <laughs> oh, dear. Hi there. Uh, I know you're busy. Uh, could you... Great result, by the way. But um, where the hell's my merch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not sure how that would go down. Um, but yes, well done, Daniel Ricciardo. A. And an A from the fans as well. Uh, Fernando Alonso. A. Would have been... Would have been. Would have been. An would a, it, would would have given? No, I wouldn't have given an A B. Not for where do you think you would have finished eighth? I think he would have finished eighth, and I would not have given him an A for that. I don't think. No. This is what happens when all the top teams finish the race. Mm, I I'll go for a B. You sticking with an A, you found a, a B is yeah. still good. I think. It is. It literally is above average. So well done. <laughs> B is the definition of good, yeah. So a B from us and a B from the fans, you fanboy, Tommy. Uh, Esteban Ocon, B. B. Yeah, B. Oh, you're giving Ocon a B then? Alonso would have beaten him. Comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, B from us and a B from the fans. Uh, Pierre Gasly. D. Ooh. When are we? By the way, when are we going to have the conversation about Pierre? What about it? His, what about... his season has just been awful. Yeah, it's spiraled. Yuki, Yuki is like consistently beating him, either having better times in quali, doing better in the race. I think Gasly's Gasly completely lost like... his head now. I, think I don't he's, know what's he's going on. So frustrated with everything at AlphaTauri, and he just wants to get out of there. And uh, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, I can't believe Gasly's the one on." this many penalty points and I can't believe he's this close to a ban because he doesn't seem like a dirty driver, which I agree is not a dirty driver, but I think he's had a very clumsy season with a lot mm. of incidents. So, yeah. yeah it's, he is I feel like if is. it was another driver, people would be constantly like, oh, look, he's washed, he's at the back, his teammate's really beating him, but there's just nobody saying it. I'm not saying we should jump on it and everybody should say it, but he seems to be getting away quite scot-free with the season he's actually having because it's pretty bad. This is what happens when you're not really anywhere, well, kind of on the skirts of the uh, mm. sort of ninth I'm not, The sort car's of not there position. either. The car's no, not as good not... as it was last year. So the comparison yeah. between 21 and 22 isn't really comparable. But yeah, anyway. I'm going to give him a C. Sorry. Yeah, C. <laughs> no, actually, no, D. I, no, I reckon a D, yeah. I reckon a D. Really? For an 11th? Yeah, because... His own mistake and the penalty. He should have got points. Okay. D from us and a C from the fans. Yuki Sonoda. B. C. B. B. Yeah. Why? Where would he have finished? Well, had a Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> no, he would have got him afterwards, but he was running all right. Um, had a good weekend, beat Gasly and qualifying again. Decent. Okay. All right, B from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, Aston Martin were nowhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a good old C. C. Yeah, Aston were anonymous, weren't they? After essentially that they've been flying up the championship table out of nowhere recently, mm. and then just had a shocker. So, yeah, not good. Not yeah, good. C. Yep, C from us and a C from the fans. Lance Stroll, C. C. Mm. Yeah. yeah, C. C from us and C from the fans. Nicholas Latifi. This is not not even like joking. This is an F. Mm. Yeah, it's not even like her banter F. Like he got lapped by his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> did he get like lost or something? Off. Yeah, he was well, so doing the Formula E circuit, and they weren't counting his laps because it was. Uh, oh, babe. He did, wasn't he got going through the times. <laughs> 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 oh, it's so sarcastic. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> 
Yes, uh, let's see if he does actually deserve a full-blown F for that. That was shocking. I don't care what tyre strategy he was on. To finish like 55 seconds off the back of 17th is an absolute disgrace. Um, Did you see the picture that we tweeted, by the way? Well, it was like Sunday before the race, and it was of a fan with a cardboard cutout of a goat with Latifi's head on it, and it had Goatifi written on it, and he signed it and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, sweet. He looks about eight foot four in this picture. I don't know how small the person is next to him. But he was like, she, you could put two, her, like two of her, and it would be the same height as the Tifi. I don't know what's going on Yeah, I don't think the Tifi's that tall. I think he's, I mean, he's an F1 driver. He can't be. Can't that's be that true. Tall, that would be. Um, so <laughs> Maybe that's where he's going wrong. <laughs> small fan. But uh, yeah, F from Aston and F from the fans. Alban, A. A B. Yeah, B. Yeah. I'm so Where unlucky not to get a point. It was really lucky, well, unlucky not to get a point because oh. he was chasing down. Uh, I think he made a Bottas. mistake, didn't he? Yeah, he Cassidy made a mistake. mistake. And, yeah, it's a shame. Shame, but uh, still a decent performance. So yeah. B from us and a B from the fans. Valtteri Bottas, I am oh. conflicted because I feel like he bottled a very <laughs> good opportunity for a, a, a great result. To be honest, um, can can we just talk about how he is the most frustrating driver to watch, to watch yeah. in history? His quality, I I think that race we saw, we basically saw Mercedes Bottas of everything that was so frustrating for him that his qualifying pace is phenomenal and like say you know he could beat Hamilton on his day in qualifying, but the guy's racecraft, he just doesn't have that killer instinct to make an overtake and it cost him it was you know you're watching him think like where he could have finished if he'd have just been more committed and made overtakes and got through the pack and he must have lost so much time just sitting behind cars for ages and then you know what the alpha's like in terms of like how easy it is to break down as well it was oh it was very frustrating to watch very frustrating to watch but i think he's saved by his quality him, performance yeah i'm gonna it's give a him a b, b. yeah I think that's fair. It's frustrating because I know that Bottas has it in him. Like one of the races of his career was Monza in 2021, where he took the engine penalty, started at the back and then came all the way through the grid and finished third. And although Verstappen and Hamilton, you know, took each other out in that race, like that was such a good race. And it showed that he can do it. I when know Monza may, might not a, be the in most... When he's got a ridiculous yeah, car. In a, really, <laughs> in a Monza, yeah. yeah. In, in Monza, but... He must have had to pull some overtaking moves there. And it's just, I just get so annoyed because I'm like, well, Valtteri, you could have had a really good result there. But yeah, I think B is fair. Alas, it did not happen for Bottas. Uh, B from us and a B from the fans. Where are we? I've lost it. Uh, Joe. Joe Guan Yu. Oh, I think it's a D. I'll go with C. He had a lot of issues with his car that meant that his practice was hampered. So I'm going to go see. I think it I'll go with was, He was seven tenths off his teammate in qualifying. It's quite a big margin. I know, like, he's been doing a lot better recently, but that was. I'm going to go with a C. I feel like D's maybe a little bit too harsh. Yeah, so, tell me. C from us <laughs> and a C from the fans. Now we get on to Haas. I don't think oh, I ever saw them in the God. race. Horrendous. They are genuinely going to finish ninth, aren't they? They're going to finish ninth in the constructors, which is um, quite ridiculous considering how good they start uh, or how well they started the season. Uh, it's just it's going to be a pair of Ds for me for Mick and, and Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I know that they probably just didn't have the pace, but also dreadful. Like K Mag <laughs> was behind Latifi at one point, which. Mm. Um, not ideal. So a pair yeah. of D's and a pair of C's from the fans. Uh, okay, Mexican Grand Prix predictions. Vettel top 10 in the race. No collision in the first three laps. Now, was there any <laughs> any no. sort of any debris? Nick debris? Any <laughs> any anything? No, no nothing was, happened. It was really clean. Like 51. It was really clean. <laughs> Katie, what were your two? Said both Mercedes in the top five. Oh, well that's done. An... Oh, okay. <laughs> and Bottas' best result of the season. So that's a no. Well, yeah, that was looking that like was... a worldie. I know. I don't. I. It was just coincidence that at that point I t- tuned into you guys on Twitch 
and you were like, oh, I bet Katie's in the chat being really smug about her Vossas prediction. And it was just at that moment that I logged in and put, I am the goat or something stupid in the chat. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, that doesn't look too good. But yeah, it did look a good start, mm. but... It was a fantastic Alas. prediction after qualifying, wasn't it? Um, but mm. then again, it's, it would have required a Red Bull or Mercedes or a Ferrari conking yeah. out. Uh, Tommy, your two, please. I went for a driver wears a branded Mexican wrestling mask, which didn't happen, I don't think. He didn't know. There were fans. The with fans were. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that. Mate, you should have just said, where's Mexican wrestling mask? knew was wearing one, but it wasn't branded. I, no. Also, yeah. the amount of people that tagged me in things because it seemed like a prediction that I would make was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, Katie, one point for you. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. But that wasn't actually my prediction. But thanks anyway. <laughs> uh, and I went for Russell involved in another collision which he did collide with his engineer over what strategy he should have been on. So I think that's half a point. Wow, that is a big stretch, isn't that's it? A that's a reach. That's going in the notes for the, uh, the person <laughs> yeah. that does the uh, prediction points. Tommy tries to... <laughs> Zero points for Tommy. Uh, right, the fans. Mega versus Primus. Checo win. No. Mimi Hopi, a new winner. No. Phoenix 84, the FIA has another disaster. No. We've had shockers here. Brazil predictions. Uh, Verstappen wins both races I've gone for. And Stroll out-qualifies Vettel. Woo! Old time's sake. Let's go. Lovely. I've gone for a Mercedes win, which I feel like one of us has predicted over the last few races, but Interlagos, another circuit that's maybe a little higher altitude than normal and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. And then I've said Hamilton is celebrated at the circuit somehow, whether he gets a corner named after him, maybe a grandstand. Celebrated at the circuit. Are you going to demand half a point when you see one fan in Hamilton (laughs) merchandise? (laughs) I'd be like, there he is. He's being celebrated. Well, he got his, it was like a Brazilian citizenship or something like that earlier this year. And I just feel that maybe they'll do something to make yeah. it like a, a permanent addition. I, to, I, I nearly went for this, but knew you'd go for it. Again. That one. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that, you know when they have their names on the car and then a little flag? I reckon oh, on yeah. the Mercedes, they're going to put a Brazilian flag next to his name. But that's not your oh. prediction. But that's not my prediction. I'm just putting <laughs> that into the atmosphere. Uh, <laughs> the atmosphere. My, my, my uh, prediction is there'll be a different sprint winner mm-hmm. to the main race. Sprint? We have got a sprint. And uh, Latifi won't be P20 in quali. That's oh, bold. bold. <laughs> but no, the thing is, you know, yeah, but there's a big straight and you know that William's going to be a bit beefy, don't you? That's what you're saying, <laughs> right? But it, is, gonna, but it is Nicholas Latifi at the same time. Latifi, so yes. It's, mm. Okay. And that doesn't, by the way, timings. If they, yeah, I know penalty. what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't, yeah I don't worry. Don't worry. All right. Or if someone doesn't go out. Because they've got a 500 Great place counts. grid penalty. Oh, yeah. damn it. Okay. Uh, fan. Wow. We always go with Mega versus Primus. Is that is this the thing, Tommy? Just going to keep going with the deal. same fan? Uh, is he, this... he just pops up. He's teamed over Tiff one, so we'll allow it. Yeah. Okay. Mega versus Primus. It's a fan <laughs> prediction every week. Uh, collision during the sprint. Jones RF873, Alban in the points, and Dave DeRock, Rain. That's all it says. That's a good shout. Rain. I hate uh, that's rain. At some point. Uh, do we oh, do, do we, we do we want rain anymore? I don't know. It's true, but I just think back to Mexico when it there was raining rain. in Interlagos yeah, and ha- and Verstappen delivered that absolute masterclass. That was good. So what you're saying is we need a Max Verstappen masterclass. No, I, actually. I, I take yeah. it back. I hope it's bone dry. We won't have had one for two weeks, uh, but then so true. <laughs> Wrap that cape around your head. Right. (laughs) Tell me final thoughts. Um, (laughs) My final thoughts are shout out to that guy in the NASCAR race because, oh my days, that is the greatest overtake I've ever seen, but also just flat out cheating. Um, And it's allowed for apparently, but yeah, guy in a NASCAR race, if you've ever played uh, when you're like a young kid and you drive at monaco on the f1 game and you just wall ride around the track but basically this guy um needed to finish in uh the top few positions and get enough points to go into their kind of championship decider and it got round to the final corner it was on an oval and he just drove drove into the wall at full speed and obviously the momentum just took him round the outside of everyone as they had to slow and take the corner properly and he just made up five places and uh 
the points he needed to progress into the shootout. So legendary behavior. And now I'm looking forward to NASCAR where everyone tries to do it on the last lap. It's I was going to say, <laughs> everyone's going to do that now, aren't they? Which is mad. And maybe they'll, well, actually, no, yeah, they're gonna have to I was going to say it. maybe they'll ban it, but it's also NASCAR and they, mm, they're, they're celebrating it, yeah. it like it's the greatest thing they've ever seen. Um, does kind of, it's slightly concerning that that wall, if it just had a slight indentation or something where just, you know, that, that car could just come spearing out, but uh, maybe he'd. Uh, assessed that wall before he did it uh, before this, the race. It's like the kind of thing that we said in F1. If you like, get a corner cut penalty, and it's like a five second penalty, but you just cut cut the whole track on that one and go past everyone, or say there's like a safety car finish and you just go for it and uh, beat everyone, and then you're like, oh, it's only five seconds, and then you win. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, funny. Lovely stuff, Katie. Final thoughts. My final thoughts is we had Jack Doohan make his F1 weekend debut with Alpine. Unfortunately, cut a bit short. But a really wholesome story, which I learned over the weekend, was that Michael Schumacher actually gifted Jack his first go-kart. So we have Michael Schumacher to thank for um, Jack Doohan being in FP1. I mean, Jack Doohan's dad, Mick, is like the goat of two wheels, McDoohan. Um, but he said that, yeah, he was had a cart gifted to him by Michael Schumacher because he and my dad were quite close friends. Uh, they were neighbours in Monaco. So I think he came out early one time to our home. Um, we had a go-kart track there. So he gifted a cart to me and my sister. And so, yeah, that's how he got into his love of karting. And then he was doing an FP1 session. So I think that's just quite a nice little wholesome story to end on. And also nice. buy the annual. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah. yes, you can pre-order the annual uh, and get it before Christmas. You just what reminded question... me of something. Did you see that uh, Logan Sargent, uh, there's rumours that he missed, uh, because he had the problem in oh, practice, yeah. he missed getting the one super license point for the session by like one lap. Yeah, it's four kilometers. And obviously, he's obviously he's still not got them yet. So, could it be crucial? Just go out and do one lap and then come Mm. back in and then swap over. Um, Yeah, I wanted to question Katie uh, Mick doing the goat of two wheels. Uh, Are we disrespecting Valentino Rossi here or? One of the goats of yeah. two wheels. Yeah, we've just Sorry, opened up before. a two wheel debate on a Formula One podcast. This is this is uh, disgraceful. Yeah, okay. I, I love Mark Marquez as well. Marquez. So there's lots of <laughs> but he has got a lot of MotoGP titles. So. He did, yeah, he does. Um, and my final thoughts are: I'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> to Brazil because it's a banger. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, Brazil should be an awesome race. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for, anyway. I know that I've said Verstappen will win both races, but you know what I'm like with my predictions and what I say online and what I put into the atmosphere. So, uh, fingers crossed, we'll get a crazy race and maybe Sebastian Vettel wins. That's what I'm. I'm. I'm hoping I'm for. for that. Yeah, or a little Daniel Ricciardo P2. Uh, who should we go for P3? Wins yeah. by six laps. You can, no, I think Latifi gets P3. Um, you know, just all the drivers that basically aren't Anything. racing next year. Uh, right. And that's the penultimate race of those drivers' careers in Formula Stop 1. Stop it. That's, Stop saying yeah, that. Yeah, that's quite oh. mad. Right, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you every, every much. Thank you <laughs> every everyone. Much, every much. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for, for watching and or listening. Uh, and please do give us a five-star review. If you haven't already, remember we choose one to read out at the start of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for all the support. Hashtag WTF1 Podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion. Pre-order the annual if you fancy it. Uh, Katie's doing a lot of work uh, as are a lot of other people behind the scenes Uh, so make sure you go and check that out and that is it we'll see you very soon in two weeks time for the Brazil post-race podcast bye 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 happy Halloween happy Halloween (laughs) this goes out tomorrow oh yeah happy post-Halloween happy first November happy something